He always just like talks before he's ready to go. Mm. So are we going to do an intro or not? What would the intro even be? You're scratching your fucking hands everywhere. <laughs> yeah, well, that'd be a good sound. Yeah, this would be a great intro to our podcast. Mm. Yeah. Mm. And now you want to know a secret? What's that? I already pushed record like 10 seconds ago, bitch. Welcome to the podcast, niggas. <laughs> I'm your host, nigger, yeah. a.k.a. Andy. I'm pretty sure you can't say that word on there. No, you're going to get in a lot of trouble. Yeah. yeah. And with me is my cute girlfriend, Imogen. Mm-hmm. Hi. Hi. Welcome. Podcast number one. <laughs> Do we even have a title for this podcast? Mm, did you decide what it was going to be yet? It's going to be the... How to kill your inner loser. Because mm-hmm. Podcast. We couldn't think, yeah, podcast. Because we couldn't think of a podcast name. Mm. Mm. Still, I think that works. Yeah. Mm. And this is going to be shit. Probably. We're going to be nervous. Might not be able to hear nature. Maybe. We're sitting out in nature, in the most beautiful backyard I've ever seen in my entire life. Mm. Next to this shitty, like, pond <laughs> <laughs> with, like, brown water, but, like, it looks good in theory. Mm. So, yeah. Do you want to give an intro to yourself? Should I just throw you on the deep end and say, like, tell us all about yourself? Yeah. Mm. You say, hi, I'm Andy's girlfriend. I am Andy's girlfriend, yeah. You talk louder, love. Louder? Louder. Louder. Yes. Okay, is that better? Probably. Okay. Mm, an intro to myself? Yeah, come on, don't be nervous. <laughs> It's weird when I actually have to talk about myself. Yeah, because you hate talking about yourself. Yeah. Isn't that what you had to do when you first met my dad? Yes. <laughs> and he's like, sell yourself to yeah, me. Tell me about yourself in three minutes. Go. Yeah, Tell me your life story. Myself. Um, you probably just said some shit. Yeah. I mean, I talked about me being a swimming instructor, and that's not the case anymore. Look towards the microphone, lady. When you talk. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm not doing a very good job. Um, Wait, tell the story of how we met. How we... Mm. (laughs) (laughs) Hmm. I was... Tell the same story you told my dad. Did my dad ask or did my mum? How did you guys meet? I just said we went online on Tinder. Yeah. And they asked why it's called Tinder, and it's because it's like... Because people want to fuck. Fire. Lighting a fucking fuck. For a relationship. (laughs) Mm. No, I didn't tell them that story. That might have been Come on, tell the true story. The true story. About how you thought I was going to be a serial killer. Mm, but I kind of went in the, into the Tinder experience with the hesitation that everyone might be a serial killer. I always mm. used to, like, text my friends, like, where I was going roughly and, like, send them a picture. So if I went missing, that, I don't know, that could be followed up to some extent. How the fuck are they even going to help? I don't know. I'm like, if you don't hear from me in, like, multiple days, then... Might want to look into that sort of thing. Mm. Mm. And did I kill you? No, Pinky promised that you wouldn't kill me. So I'm pretty sure I did. Pinky promise you. Yeah. yeah. Not actually physically. Pinky promised, but. And then what happened when we met? Did someone get lost? I don't think really you fucking badly to the point where I was like, I'm actually gonna just fucking leave because this bitch is like pissing me off. That was like you were like 45 minutes late. I don't even know why I waited that long. I never wait that long for anything. I'm just like, no, nah, I'm done. It's because I was coming back from training. because you kept texting me the whole time. So you're like, no, I'm almost there. I promise. So I was like, I was like sunk cost fallacy. <laughs> so I wasn't going to go home. But I was seriously walking home. You know, I was walking yeah. like, I was walking down um, Lonsdale Street. Mm. I was like literally walking home. Mm. Mm. You met me, so that was good luck. And what happened when we met? I was very neurotic. Oh, you were neurotic, were you? Yeah, and very drunk. Yeah, you were super drunk. Mm. And I gave you a nickname, didn't I? Yeah, it was Woody Allen. Woody fucking mm. Allen, because you were so goddamn neurotic, like Woody Allen. Mm-hmm. Mm. Mm. And I do also recall, like, clinging onto your <laughs> Yeah, you were, like, super clingy. You, like, came home. Remember you came home. We had sex. And then remember you said, like, I need to clean your apartment. You're like, I should I clean your apartment? You I fucking did. I said you I wanted did. to do something, because I felt, like, awkward. You were like, I have to clean your apartment, because, like... The- and like the actual like physical process of like doing like doing something like being physically like mobile would have distracted. No, you were like you're so nice. You said you you've been so nice to yeah. me. I should clean your apartment. I didn't say you should clean your apartment. You, you, you said offered, would you like me to clean your apartment? That's think, the same thing. <laughs> I think you offered. I said what can I? Is there something I can do for you? And then you offered for me to so clean your apartment. So that should be the baseline for like every guy, right? Any guys listening to this, like. <laughs> Don't date or have sex with any woman who yeah. won't clean your apartment. Like, fuck her. She's nothing if she won't clean your apartment. Yeah, you can only... If you can the, literally only the have, like... you intend to have casual sex with will clean your yes, apartment. Yes, absolutely, 100%. That has to be your baseline. 
that's a pretty high baseline, I think. Should we talk about... I actually don't know what we should talk about. Mm. This is going to be a good podcast. <laughs> Lots of pausing and me laughing Yeah, I know. I can edit those out. Mm? I can't, no, I can't be bothered. I really am not going to. Mm. Yeah. Nature's pretty, hey? <laughs> yeah, it is. And I can, what else is on your list of things that we should talk about? Your goals. My goals. What you're working on. What you have achieved. What I have achieved. I don't know. It was like a very long You don't time. know. I mean, I do know. It was like a list of like, <laughs> I have an article that I've half written that's got like 30 freaking things in it. Yeah. It just feels like I'm, it was a very long time since I was the neurotic. Yeah, I know. Drunk and. Yeah, but yeah. that's what happens with self-improvement. Like every year, that's why, that's like where my name comes from. Like kill your inner loser. It's like every year the old you dies. Mm-hmm. You can't remember the old one. Yeah, I know. can't remember ever being that fucking incompetent like i can't (laughs) believe that there was ever a time where i couldn't get laid like that's just a weird concept to me Mm. like well i i didn't know the process of it i didn't know it was even possible i was like can you have sex Mm -hmm. i had that whole concept of guys just get lucky you just get lucky so you just keep trying and eventually i mean technically that's true but like to something like numbers game there is yeah you still have to be playing the numbers game i just wasn't playing the numbers game and was hoping that i would get lucky you have these like disney fairy tale notions of like one day some woman will like want to give me a blowjob for no reason other than I exist, even though I'm fat and mm. depressed mm. and shitty. Mm. Let's talk about your art. My art? Yeah, fuck yeah. Let's talk about your art business. Yeah, you're right in saying that like prior to this, that talking about myself makes me rather uncomfortable. I've said that a million times, yeah. yeah. So let's talk about <laughs> you. <laughs> about my art? Um... You set up an art business. I did. Yeah. It feels very premature to call it a business, but it's a business. As soon as you earn one dollar, mm. you've earned how many dollars so far? Mm. In let's say two months. Two months. Mm. Mm. Not including stuff that I've done for you. Yeah, don't include that. Probably a couple of hundred bucks. Oh, that sounds like a business to me. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that counts as a business. Or we'll call mm. it a side hustle. Is that better? You want to call it a side hustle? Yeah. When do we? What's the definition of a business? Mm, I don't know. Like, it has to be a certain percentage of my income. Okay, what is that percentage? Mm, like, I don't know, 30? That's an incredibly like third, high. Like, 33%. That's incredibly high and incredibly arbitrary. It's incredibly arbitrary, yeah. Okay. <laughs> I disagree with that definition. Do you have a better arbitrary number? Yeah, 1%. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Mm. Yeah. I actually have a list of questions. So questions. I should have. Like actual questions. Don't interrupt the host. Sorry. What the fuck is this? This isn't a democracy. This is my podcast, and okay. you're just allowed on my podcast. Okay. Actually, I don't know the format. I don't know if we're going to be on, if I'm going to have you on most of them. <laughs> um, one of the guys who told me to set up this podcast, mm-hmm. a Greek gentleman mm. from Greece, <laughs> by the name, yeah, you shut up, by the name of Crisis Overcomer. Mm-hmm. Remember that Greek guy that I told you yeah. about? Yeah, this is kind of from ages ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a good dude. Um, he was one of the ones who told me to do this, as lo- as well as Radical and another guy called Adam Hill. I don't think Adam Hill will listen to this. Radical definitely will. Hello, Radical. Um, they all wrote a bunch of questions, and they wrote them so long ago, because it was like six months ago that people told me to do this. Um, mm-hmm. So I wrote them all down. Because they wanted me to ask you random questions. Oh, some of these questions, questions, yeah, some of these questions are so cute. Because, okay, to be fair, this was like before they knew that like you read everything on my website and shit. So like the first question is like, yeah. what do you think of my forums and, and the Good Looking Loser forums? Good Looking Loser, if you don't know, is another website for other people, for like self-improvement and that. I'm not telling you that, you know that, but mm-hmm. I'm telling anyone else listening. Um, it's pretty similar to my forums. So what do you think of the Good Looking Loser forums and my forums? What do I think of them? That's a very I know, it's such question. a shit question. What a shit question. But to be fair, these people don't know any better. Like, <laughs> That's a little bit <laughs> Answer the question. What do I think of them? I think it's... It's nice. <laughs> I've, I mean, I remember you telling me like how you actually came across it. Like you were looking for a very masculine sort of Yeah, like deliberately tried to yeah. find... Mas- like I literally looked for masculine self-improvement, stuff like that. I asked my mum. Mm. I told you that, that I asked my mum and mm-hmm. my dad. Yeah, and so I think it. I think it's a very good environment to provide that, given that 
it's going to be far less, I guess, PC <laughs> than pretty much any other yeah. like place you're going to go to. I mean, from what you've told me, it seems... We were supposed to stop talking every time the car comes past. We're, we're recording this right next to a road. Mm. And every time a car goes past, we said we were going to stop talking so I could edit it out, but... That one might just have to... Yeah, you guys are going to have to put up with the fucking car (laughs) noise. Yeah, keep going. Um, Yeah, and I think it's it's a good environment that actually, like, provides that sort of support Mm. in that respect without the kind of, I guess, moderation of, like, mass social media, like Reddit and things like that. I think that's one of the benefits of, like... Mm a masculine environment in general. You just don't get that, like, PC bullshit. I mean, okay, to be fair, you get that in, like, quite a lot of masculine environments. But if you just have, like, a purely masculine place, you kind of can't be, like, super PC because everyone will call you a faggot. And if you say, like, oh, but, like, faggot's (laughs) not PC, it's like, mate, you're just going to get out. (laughs) You're going to get kicked out of that environment if you, like, try and bring some PC shit. Because I think guys are tired of that. I think they always have been. I think it's just a very big part of masculinity is, like, stop telling me what to do. Mm. Stop telling me what to say. Like, there's a time and a place for feminine energy and and all that sort of stuff and mainstream energy. But I think especially in the current year where we are right now, there's a dearth. Is that the right word? Dearth? There's a dearth of, like, places that men can go and just be men. Because women have a million of those places, like... Even when I was trying, when I was first trying to find all the, like, s- places that I could go to mm-hmm. find male friends, mm-hmm. when I went on, like, Meetup, mm-hmm. there was, like, 500 groups that are just for women. Yeah, and it like literally women's. says only women can go. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then I only found, like, three for men in my city, in Melbourne, with, like, five point something million people. There's really? like, three groups. Yeah, and I told you one of the groups was, like, pathetic. It was, like... They literally said, like, we all meet up and we basically express our emotions and, like, you know, you're allowed to cry. And it's like, f- like, fine, I understand that, yes. But, like, that's not what I was looking for. So maybe I should phrase it like that. I didn't want to go and sit with a bunch of men and cry because if I wanted that, I'd, I don't know, watch, like, what's a movie that would make me cry? Shawshank Redemption. I don't think I've ever seen I cry, cry like a, a bitch in Shawshank. But, I, no, you don't see me because you're sitting there. So I don't cry Probably in front of a woman, cry. yeah. And then when you leave, I go in the toilet and, like, yeah. my <laughs> I mean, I think to finish that question as well, I think that was another element element of it that I really liked. It was probably, I mean, as the something that was a bit different that I hadn't really seen before that you mentioned to me was that it's very action based. So even though a forum, yes, you that think forum is, in particular, mm, yeah. you think that a forum is a place that's very like theory and you kind of just talk yeah. about all of that. You said that it was very like you didn't kind of indulge and in just kind of you know getting off on the semantics of things. Yeah, that's because the owner Chris from Good Looking Losers set it up like that. Specifically, that was one of the rules. I've kind of done the same on my website. Um, I think I tolerate discussion a little more. I know other guys like don't like that radical as one who constantly say, stop talking, take action. Um, there's another guy, I can't remember his name. I'm horrible with names. Mm, me um, I'll remember it in like 35 minutes. Mm-hmm. When it's no longer relevant. Yeah. Mm. That's, pr- yeah. But, um... So they sort of say, like, stop talking. There is one guy in particular. I'm not going to name him. As I say this, everyone is going to know who I'm talking about, and the guy himself is going to know who I'm talking about. To be fair, he's, like, started taking a lot of action. But when he started, when he first came on the forums, he just started, like, freaking 15 different posts and, like, asked 15 different questions. And, I mean, I understand that. Like, some guys just come on and they kind of need permission yeah. To take that first step. I can imagine it's like an excitement thing too. Like you yeah, have all this yeah. energy and you kind of just want to like let it yeah. out and ask a million questions. And and to be fair, he did give a lot of backstory. And, and like this guy in particular didn't know anyone in his life from what I understand who was into mm-hmm. self-improvement. So he comes to us and he's like, fuck, all these guys are actually doing shit. Like, can I do this too? And, you know, eventually we basically said like, just shut the fuck up and start. Mm-hmm. And then he did, to be fair. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so that's the first question. Mm-hmm. Do you think trying to get laid is a shallow goal? I mean, I guess you can apply that to me. Not that that's my goal anymore. Um, mm. just, yeah, just answer the question in general, I guess. Do you think that getting laid is a shallow goal? Mm. Obviously, getting laid is a man because it's not like girls try and get laid. Not that it's I'm like there's like three minutes of effort on Tinder. <laughs> Even if you're fat. <laughs> I read an article mm. yesterday. I didn't tell you about it. Um, it was like a how-to guide written by a girl for like other girls, like how to get laid on Tinder. And it's like, 
exist. You dumb bitch. It's like just <laughs> and she said weird shit on there. Like like no, okay, I shouldn't say it's weird. She said like lower your standards. <clears throat> I think what she meant by that is don't be too fussy. Because really that is the barrier of entry for women getting laid. It's like if you just if you say stop no, saying so no, like yeah, ninety nine percent of people then technically just stop no, saying no. <laughs> yeah, that's why I have no like. I won't say I have no empathy, but I have no patience for girls who are like, I can't get laid, and it's like because you're saying no to everyone. What, just say yes. <laughs> what girl have you ever heard say I can't get laid? I've I've never heard that. I've never heard it, one of my female friends say like, I just don't like. I don't know how to like go out and have sex. Like it's just that's not. Well, okay, it's not usually phrased like I can't get laid. It's usually phrased like. I want to get laid, but I, I can't. When they say can't, they're, they're saying like a lack of agency. So they're saying like, everyone will think I'm a slut if I do, or yeah. I'll judge myself or mm. my, you know, and they frame that as a, they phrase that as I can't, yeah, which again, a, I think I lack empathy. Mm. I have a little bit of empathy for that, but. It's a psychological, psychological barrier. That's a big word, isn't it? It's almost as big as licorice <laughs> also. It's more so than like the actual tangible trying to find a person. Yeah, so they can, it's just like they, they're scared to, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so do you think trying to get laid as a man is a shallow goal? We're taking like 50 sec, fifty freaking minutes to answer any of these questions. Any question, because you keep getting... It's side- not my fault. That's the way I do like every single coaching call that I ever have. I just get massively sidetracked and then I bring it back. This is why my calls go like overtime every time. Mm. It's my fault. <laughs> it's not my clients. Yet. No. Um, what do I think? I don't... I think it's a sliding scale. Like, the way you can approach it can be very, very different. And I think there's a certain... Like, we've talked about, like, big pickup artists. Was it... I can't remember his name. The one that went all crazy religious. Roosh. Roosh V. Uh, let me do a side... Uh, you you can tell the story if you want. No, 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 no. You go. You probably know more about it. Roosh V was a f- super famous pickup artist. Everybody should know who he is. He's, like, crazy famous. And got laid a ridiculous number of times. I don't know how much, how many times. Traveled around the world getting laid. Like, that was his thing. Getting laid was his thing. And then just completely went off the deep end and renounced his entire thing and deleted all his books and took them all down and said, like, getting laid is horrible and evil. And it's against... He found religion out of nowhere and decided he was <laughs> going to be a good Christian boy. Yeah. Actual insanity. I don't know if it's he went insane as much as... It's a very good cover story. Like, I've found Jesus is a very good way to say, like, I repent for all my sins and you can't hold me accountable for my past. And, you you know, because I think he, I think to be fair, he does want to settle down and stuff like that, at least from what mm. he said. But I don't think you can just renounce your entire past. I think you kind of have to embrace it and say, like, you know, even if you want to move on, say, like, yeah, that's an old chapter of my life. Like, why is that such a big deal? You don't have to pretend it doesn't freaking exist. Anyway, Roosh, you were talking. Yeah. <laughs> After that tangent, um, I would say that, like, that's the uppermost extreme of the way in which you can go about, like, having casual sex. Because obviously that wasn't fulfilling for him. Otherwise, he wouldn't have backtracked. So maybe, to, like, to the extent that he did it, sure, that might be, like, shallow or superficial in the to way. To be fair, he... he was, like, doing nothing except having sex. Okay, he writes for his blog and stuff like that. But okay. his blog is about having sex. Mm. So I think maybe that. Maybe I wouldn't even call it shallow or superficial. It's more that it just wasn't meaningful. And I think he didn't make it meaningful. Whereas I think that you, for example, made like, you know, having sex and getting experience with all that. Like that was obviously a very meaningful part of like the evolution of like who you are. I mean, you having sex with lots of girls ultimately kind of brought you to a place where you established like a philosophy about... Mm -hmm women and mm-hmm. i mean it ultimately like stopped you from hating women from yeah, what i'm aware yeah. like pulled you out of the like the really hateful kind of negative <clears throat> aspects of the red pill yep and like to call that you know shallow or superficial i think would be very short-sighted just because you know seeing you know seeing a guy have sex with lots of women casually makes me feel yucky <laughs> yeah but that's because you associate it like, you know, what most women do. Mm. You just see the word get laid and you think like, oh, okay, you must be having a bunch of one night stands and treating them like shit. Yeah. I think it also has a lot of connotations of like women being used. And I think yeah. for the most part that's, I think it's very, it's slightly dated as well. Cause I think that a lot of the girls that you would have had like super casual, like one night stand, like they're the ones that kind of initiated the like impermanence of it. Like they, oh yeah, for sure. It, like, you've seen that since you've yeah. been dating me, the girls we've seen and stuff like that. 
Yeah. So, like, I think it's more a case of it depends what you do with it. Like, you can make it a shallow, meaningless thing where you hurt other people or you can turn it into something that's incredibly meaningful that'll improve your mm. confidence, your self-worth, it'll make you a better person, it'll make you kinder to women. Yeah, for sure. It'll set you up to, I don't know, if, if that's something you want, like, end up having a more meaningful and happy relationship. Mm. Yeah, it's like a stepping stone. And I always... I don't think I was conscious that I was doing this early on because I, I used to think that getting laid was the ultimate goal, but that's only because I wasn't getting laid. Mm. So I thought, if I get laid, my whole life will be complete. Like, everything will be perfect. I'll have no problems. You know, like the kind of shit that you do when you're a child. <laughs> when you have that, like, childlike, naive notion that if I could just have X, everything would be <laughs> perfect, right? Yeah. If I could just have that lolly. If mum would just buy me some freaking, for you Americans, lolly means candy. <laughs> If I could just have some candy or some ice cream or something, I'd be happy. And it's like, it doesn't work like that. But Humans don't work like that. Yeah, but I, I did think that at the start. Anyway, the point I'm making is I quickly figured out, like, getting laid is just part of self-improvement. Like, I wasn't happy with my sex life, so I should fix it. Yeah. I also wasn't happy with my body, so I should lose fat. I wasn't happy with my strength, so I should go to the gym. I wasn't happy with my money, so I should earn some money. Yeah, I think on any, I think you could make the same. People could put you down for any other goal, whether that's losing oh, weight or making yeah. money. You're like money, making money is shallow. Losing yeah, weight absolutely. is shallow. Yeah. Like, yeah. I think it's what that what you kind of do with that. For example, like, I mean, for me, losing weight for someone to call that shallow is pretty, <laughs> pretty laughable. And the fact that like me losing weight speaks to self-discipline and yes. self-love and compassion. And yes, you've had to change a hell of a lot about yourself in order to lose weight. It's been all-encompassing. Yeah. Just like me with girls, for sure. I think most guys for girls. Like, I, I genuinely don't... Okay, and maybe it's because I'm screening in a very particular type of guy with my website and my forums. Um, doesn't mean a single guy who's come onto the forums and just said, like, I want to fuck a bunch of bitches. You know what I mean? Like, that's just... That was, oh, no, that was on Good Looking Loser. Yeah, that was on the old one. You get, like, some guys like that, but I think they get, like, they get pushed out by, like, at least my community and other communities, like, because they're just not congruent with what we're looking for. Like, getting laid to be part of a, a bigger goal, a bigger purpose, I guess. Mm. 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 Anything else you want to add? Mm, to, is it shallow? Uh, no, I think that. <laughs> uh, someone asked, what's the biggest goal you've achieved? Like you in particular. Mm. You give yours and I'll give mine. Like what I think yours is. And you tell me what you think yours is. Mm. I mean, I have two that come to mind. One is kind of a cheat because it means nothing. Um, So the first one would be, I guess, distancing myself from my relationship with my dad and my older siblings. Interesting. I wouldn't have picked that one. Yes, I agree, but that wasn't what came to mind first. I and agree that was very big for you. I think pairing, paired with that is the decision to, at this point, like drop out of my course at university. Yeah. Because I think that was that was kind of one and the same in a way. See, I was just going to say a damn shallow one. <laughs> Mine was nothing compared to that. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Oh, I mean, that, the more that I think of, I can think of like five different things. But I think that was a very big step for me personally in terms of establishing a sense of self and independence and yeah. being less tied to what that side of my family thought of me and mm -hmm. giving myself permission to be my own person. Cause that was yeah. Because for context, your dad is... Asian. You're not Asian. You're like half. You look half white Asian. as fuck. <laughs> There's no one would ever think you're Asian. No. Your dad is like full 100% Asian. Like yeah, he's got like he's Chinese. Yeah. Like the. Like how what? can I say? I'm gonna say something like racist. racist. Yeah. yeah, I always say racist. Shit. <laughs> yeah. Um, like the mailbox eyes. You know, like the postbox, like little slits for mm -hmm. the eyes, like that yeah. kind of thing. His eyes. Like By the way, like fucking like 25% of my forum is like Asian dudes. Like I love you guys. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just being a racist piece of shit. <laughs> Yeah, but, like, he's very, like, Asian-dominant parents. Overbearing. Yeah. There's a couple other guys on the forums who talk about the same sort of shit. Mm -hmm. Their parents are like that. Um, yeah. One guy in particular who lives with his parents, I think mm -hmm. they're, well, they would be Asian because he's Asian. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Unless he's adopted. Yeah. No, it's not. So, it's, like, it, it can be oppressive because, like, mm -hmm. it's almost like you're in a cult. 
especially if you still live with your parents and they're like that, you really are in a cult. You can't imagine ever disappointing your parents, ever letting them down, ever doing your own thing because it's so damn overbearing. Yeah, because it equates to like death. Yes, like if, yes. Because that's all that matters. It's like... Yeah. I mean, since you're very small, it's kind of drilled into like your reason for existence is like... To please your parents. Doing a good job. So like, you know, yes. you're a worthy person. Yeah. And I think that ties into like the concept of like self-improvement and especially getting laid. If you think of society as your parents, most of society won't necessarily approve of you wanting to go after the goal of getting laid. They'll say, can't you just have one girlfriend or can't you just play around on Tinder for three months and then settle down? Like, why are you trying so hard to get laid? You kind of have to get used to the idea that you will be a disappointment to most of society. And that doesn't have to affect you too much because you just don't tell normies, like normal people, Mm. about what you're working on. And you just find the people who will support you, which is going to be the minority. Absolutely. I'm not going to tell you that the average person wants you to get laid. They don't. They sure as fuck don't. They don't want you to be rich. They don't want you to be... I won't say they don't want you to be happy, but they want you to be happy in a very predetermined, pre-confined... You've got like four different options. You get to pick one and you're like, well, what if I want this option over there? No, sorry. No, that's not one of the ones that are preordained for everyone in society. So that, I mean, that sounds exactly like the overbearing parent. (laughs) I mean, that's the big cliche. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. It's It's like you get to be a lawyer, a doctor. Yeah. Pilot. Mm, I don't, I don't even think pilot's on the list, although dentist, mm, dentist is is if you're a fucking loser. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. Most Asians, Asian parents will say you're a fucking loser if you're a dentist. Fucking disown you or some yeah, shit. Yeah, it's like a pre, like predetermined. Like you can check one of the available boxes, and that's <laughs> that's your mm. choice. Mm. All right, next question. Mm-hmm. I don't even know what was that question. So that was what was the biggest goal you've achieved? Uh, yeah, like okay, so for con- yeah, so we're halfway through giving context. So your dad <laughs> was like super overbearing. So were your two older siblings to the mm-hmm. point where they didn't. None of them wanted you to move out of home. Yeah, I guess that kind kind of comes in with the dropping. So all of that kind of encompasses the me moving out of home, the me yeah. um, quitting my course. Yeah, because all of that was you essentially disappointing them, which ties into a greater thing of like, do I deserve to have what I want? Like there was a lot of self-esteem or lack of self-esteem tied into all that. Mm. Um, I just moved the microphone closer to you because you're sitting so far back. Am I? Uh, yeah, I, I leaned forward. Look at this shit. I'm pretty far forward. To me, you what look rather far back. you all the way back there. Okay. Bad podcast. Are you getting all your jumper all dirty on the table? It's fine. I can't take you anywhere. Mm-hmm. I have to take you everywhere twice. Second time is to apologize. It's terrible. Yeah. Mm. yeah, so your parents, your dad, your two siblings were very overbearing. Mm-hmm. And you had to go through hell to disappoint them. How many times did you have, like... Yeah, my sister sending me... that. That one, I think, really got to me. My sister sending me these weird, like... Black, manipulative blackmail texts yeah text yeah your sister was very manipulative kept and me up at night yeah yeah they really didn't like me even before they knew anything about me literally didn't know anything yeah they literally just knew you. you had a boyfriend and he's older than you and then it's like right no it was death the, to him you were older than me and it wasn't monogamous yeah that, that was i think the kicker yeah it was the non-monogamy yeah mm. yeah and yeah so i think that and the other one that i was going to say was with my eating kind of coming to a point where I think even the first thing acknowledging that making myself throw up isn't a particular healthy. Yeah. You don't give context woman. So you never give context. You always <laughs> like, I think it's cause you're a woman. I'm going to be super sexist here, yep. but women never give context ever. <laughs> They'll just start talking like, Hey, my friend Jessica. And you're like, who the fuck is Jessica? So, well, I'm sorry I'm used to talking to. <laughs> yeah, stop. To, you're not talking to me. Talking you're talking to, to you. me, but also the podcast audience, okay? Mm. Well, of like probably one person now, I'll probably get like fucking. Let's estimate how many people listen to this. The very first one will be like. I'm um, say 263. That's very specific. In the first like th- three weeks. That's quite a few. Yeah, oh, look at my fucking first YouTube video I did, all right? That's true. Yeah, because I'm fucking cool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm a cool kid. Yeah, what mm. the fuck are we saying? Okay, the context around that one was that since I was, what, I don't know, somewhere between 10 and 12, let's say 11, I, I guess was clinically diagnosed with, like, bulimia, bulimic habits, and mm-hmm. that was, like, an on and off thing. I don't know. And, I mean, till present, 
and I guess until maybe a year, probably even less than that, maybe like three, four months into meeting you, kind of kicked that. Because, I, I mean, I'm initially... You started working on it, like, do you want to talk about how that conversation went? Mm, well, yeah, no, it was When I this... said, you're bulimic, bitch, and you were like, no, I'm not. Well, I, I just... was like, you like, you make yourself throw up. <laughs> and you're like, that's not bulimic. I'm just getting rid of some extra calories. It was more a case of, because I didn't do it very... Because the clinical diagnosis, like, you have to do it, like, once a week or something. Although I think they've changed yeah, so that. So, what are you, autistic? You're like, nope, sorry, the definition <laughs> is exactly this, and I don't fit in line with that definition, so therefore, you are wrong, sir. It's like <laughs> if I, like, slap my wife, and they're like, you beat your wife, and it's like, nope, nope, I just slap her, nope. I don't beat her. I kick her. That's not beating. Beating is with your fists. I'm yeah. a good husband. And I guess for maybe between the ages of, like... I'm going to say 13, maybe 14 to 18, 19. Because it was a more infrequent habit at that point, Mm. I didn't really see it as a problem. Yeah. At all. Yeah, but that's what like every alcoholic says until it becomes a problem or every drug user. I have a handle on this. It's not like, it's not taking over my life. Yeah. I mean, and I guess it was only until recently, like quite recently, like maybe the last. Talk towards the microphone, girl. You have this habit. I bet you it's going to show up on the thing where you like Wait, look, look after the, the you do every time you talk i think yeah. it's gonna make a difference that guy in that car was like looking at us like crazy Why? did you not see that because like, we're sitting here with in the middle of a fucking field with a fucking <laughs> microphone and a laptop <laughs> doing some dodgy shit um no was i going to say look at that rain in the distance so for everyone listening in the podcast there's rain in the distance <laughs> in case you couldn't tell that yeah okay Bulimia. I think for the longest time, I didn't really recognize it as a problem. And it was probably only until the last couple of months of actually, maybe let's say the last six months that I've really accepted that like, that's a very self-destructive, self-harming sort of behavior. Because I think for the longest time, even, you know, while I was seeing you and we had like a million discussions about it, Mm. how you were like, you you can't keep doing this. Mm -hmm. I think for the, at least for the first year, I was not throwing up because you thought it was bad and not because I thought it was bad. Mm. And I think, like, and, and I guess it was a matter of, like, logically I knew it was bad because I knew all of, like, the, the medical, like, the statistics behind, like, what it actually does to you. and Yeah, making yourself throw up. Bulimia is not good for you. Yeah. You ruin your fucking throat. And you ruin your stomach lining. Because you're throwing up, like, stomach acid. Yeah. It's also not good psychologically. It's corrosive, Yeah. And it's not a, great, not a very loving thing to be doing to yourself, obviously. Yeah, and I had friends that expressed the exact same yeah. opinion. So I think for maybe the last year or, like, prior to actually me, like, really feeling it, I was refraining from the habit. Yeah. And, like, from a purely, like, logical standpoint, I was like, I don't believe this, but if this many people in my yeah, life yeah, yeah. and Yeah, it's hard to acknowledge 30 says, people telling you to stop doing something and that it's dangerous for you and it's, like... <sighs> So, yeah, it was kind of this half-hearted acceptance, but I think one of the biggest breakthroughs I've had is right now, currently, the act of me making myself throw up is, like, is undoubtedly me hurting myself. And Yeah, it's very, yes. It took me a very long time to believe that. Yeah. I mean, it took me... Well, it's like like, me with alcohol. How Mm -hmm. long has it taken me to work out that if I have a drink, there's a very, okay, maybe that's slightly different because there are sometimes you can have a drink in an... Bulimia is never a, a, a loving or a good act. You, you sticking your fingers down your throat, you can never be like, oh, I'm just going to have a quick throw up. Like, that's good for me. I'll just have a quick throw up with my friends, right? I'll just enjoy one quick throw up. There's, there's never a single time that it's good for you or that it feels good. I can think of very rare exceptions, but that's purely like if you like have food poisoning or swallowed something. Yeah, okay, fine. Like- <laughs> that's different. But yes, that's a very rare exception. Alcohol is a little more like... And this is where I struggle is like, you know, like the other night when I was like, I think I want to have a drink. And it's like, you have to sit there for like half an hour and decide like, if I drink this, is it going to hurt me? Am I hurting myself? Or is this like, can I do this in a healthy way? And I don't have an answer for that yet. Like, there's something I'm still figuring out. Some alcoholics just never drink ever. Mm. I mean, that's the whole philosophy of AA, isn't it? It's like, yeah, I, I, don't, I don't like AA. I think they're a bit too hardcore. Bit like, too if religious. it works for people, fuck yeah. I, yeah. I 100% support those people. But for, I mean, in particular for me. I think I'm just going to settle on essentially having a drink like once every three months or something, once every two months. Like, mm. Anyway, I don't know what point I'm going with. Tangent. That was... Yeah, I think I was going with... It's very easy. So for all the times when alcohol isn't good for me, it's very... 
easy to rationalize like no i'm just gonna have a drink and then you think about it and you're like no i'm literally doing this to hurt myself like Mm -hmm. i don't think this will be good for me i'm gonna regret it afterwards therefore if i do this i'm literally hurting myself so i shouldn't do it or i would rather not do it Mm -hmm. well out of curiosity what was your um your idea of what would be my biggest achievement thus far in my self-improvement journey Because you said you had one. I was going to say something along the lines of self-awareness mm. or self-acceptance. Those are very vague terms, I know. Mm. Self-love. Maybe. Like you deciding you don't hate yourself anymore. Yeah. Because you I definitely mean, hated yourself for a long time. Yeah, for sure. I mean, that one's, I guess, at times still a work in progress. Yeah, but you don't hate yourself now. You just, every now and then you get angry at yourself or you bitch to yourself. Mm. Like you're a dick to yourself. I think everyone does that. It's like why yeah. I wrote that article. Don't be, stop being a cunt to yourself. That's like I wrote that because like the number of clients who will just be assholes to themselves. Mm-hmm. I think we all need a reminder sometimes of like you know you're a work in progress. You're not perfect. You're a fuck up. Like you're human. Like it's okay. Like mm-hmm. the number of things you see me fuck up on a weekly basis or daily basis. Yeah. Nah, just kidding. I'm perfect. <laughs> uh, what was the hardest goal that you've ever worked on? Isn't that pretty much just the same, going to be the same? It better not fucking rain out here, by the way. There's, like, storm clouds coming. You can see the rain rolling in. We're going to, like, yeah, <laughs> probably have to wrap this up, like, instantly. Like, okay, it's raining. Goodbye, people. Um, what was the hardest goal you've worked on? I think the hardest one's definitely been the food. The food stuff, yeah, I agree. Like, I your think, food cravings. So, yeah. for context, it's not just that you're bulimic. You're also, like, a binge eater as well. Or yeah. you use food to cope would be a better way. To be fair, I do too. Mm. It's something that I've had to, like overcome mm. uh, i think i have a pretty good handle on it now like obviously because i'm like i have abs so like i've obviously lost a lot of weight so i definitely have a handle on it but yeah and i think particularly with like i don't know it all ties into like a, like a lot of the self-love and self-acceptance type stuff but me losing 10 to 15 kilos and then putting pretty much all of it back on like that has been yeah because so for context you lost a lot of weight like mm-hmm. 10 or 15 kilos but you kind of did it in a rush yeah and you then just immediately put it all back on. Yeah, in like a couple of months. Yeah, but that's only because you did it in a rush way, which I think it was worth trying that because that may have worked. There's a world in it's which – so you went to like a boot camp. You lost like a bunch of weight in like – it was like 10 kilos or something. That's like 20 pounds or something like that in like six weeks, right? Yeah. Oh, that was a different one. I was talking even about like the initial – Yeah, even the initial was like was pretty, pretty much – You would. Yeah, you, you really did. And to be fair, that might have worked. Like that worked for me the first time I lost weight. I lost, like, fucking 77 pounds in, like, nine months, which when you work it out, that's pretty quick. It ended up being, like, three and a half pounds a week consistently mm-hmm. every single week for nine months. That's, mm-hmm. like, pretty damn good. Yeah. There's a world in which it would have worked. It's just that it didn't work for you. We figured it out. We had yeah. to take a more slow process, which we're now in the middle of right now, mm-hmm. and that's working better. Because to be fair, it's trickier when you have a binge eating disorder mm-hmm. and believe me on top of that. Yeah, because I guess it's it's not that I... It's you're not, not just losing weight, you're also fighting mm. two addictions. Yeah, in a way. It's and it's not that yeah. when I you know, it's not that I like I overeat, I'm like, ooh, I just had like some ice cream and like some chips. It's like I just went and ate ten thousand calories. Yes. Like sixty percent of it hurt and was unpleasant to even yes. do. Yes. But like I yeah, so just for, felt compelled to keep eating. Yeah, so for context, if anyone doesn't know, like not all binge eating is the same, obviously, but like, mm. you know, when we say binge eating, we do mean like the literal clinical definition of binge eating, like literally mm. 10,000 calories, like, cause you're fucking pissed at yourself and mm. this is your addictive behavior. Just like guys who drink a lot, you know, like we'll drink a bottle of whiskey or something, mm. you know, it's like that level of addiction. But mm. you're at the point now where when you binge, it's like once every probably, I don't know, month, yeah. if that. And you don't binge anywhere near the same. It's like you'll have some ice cream and some yogurt and, you know, it's like 3,000 calories extra. Yeah. So Which is like, because remember there was that period where you, you didn't think you could ever. And I was like, just have patience, bitch. Trust me. Like, I've mm. overcome enough shit. You will too. And you were like, there's no way I can, like, stop being a binge eater. And I was like, yes, you can. Like, mm. if I can fix all my shit, you can definitely fix all yours. Mm. Um, so that was the hardest goal you've worked on Someone's, the question goes on to say what doubts did you have well we just kind of talked about the doubts you didn't even think you could do it yeah I think with every one of my goals there's the doubt that it's you know worst case scenario it's going to go horribly I'm going to fail yeah. my life will be in ruins yeah all of that stuff yeah you had doubts I didn't have doubts 
I think it's because I'm really stubborn. <laughs> and so I, okay, I had doubts as to whether you would stick around with me. Mm. And obviously I can't control you. So that's, you know, mm. it's not really doubts. It's more like, yeah, if she stays with me, she'll fix this because mm. I'll make her like, you know, I'll just help her until she fixes it. Mm. If she leaves, then, you know, yeah, she probably won't fix it. So I didn't really have doubts. I knew you would fix it because I've literally every client I have ever had has fixed all their issues if they just either keep seeing me or, and I'm not saying it's like only because they see me or like stick around on forums or just like keep working on their self-improvement. Yeah. I mean, you've said it a just lot. Just don't fucking quit. Yeah. That's exactly what I was going to say. Yeah. You've said it like a million times. As long yeah, as you it. never give up, you yeah, will Yeah. It's succeed. like, it's literally, you're guaranteed. Or you'll die first, which is like, who gives a shit? Like at mm. least you died trying to fix it. Mm. those are your only two options i'll die or i'll i'll fix it like cool there you go you're guaranteed to be successful because mm. mo- like the number of people that i've seen that could have been successful but just stopped especially as a like on my own forums but i've also been a moderator on the good looking loser forums for um which is another set of forums for like four years or some shit three something like that, that long. i don't know Oh, I've been a moderator there for like two years, I think, but I've been like a se- like senior, so to speak. I'm doing inverted quotes. You can't, you guys can't tell. <laughs> um, for like four years, mm. and yeah, the number of people that are just crushing it and then just stop, and you're like, why did you fucking stop? And they just don't come back. And the only ones who were successful are guys who just didn't quit. Like, and none of the people who I've seen that are successful or anything special. Like, they're not special. There's no, there's also no pattern. It's not like anyone has, myself included in this, it's not like any one particular, it's not like everyone has a particular trait or a set of traits or anything that makes them successful. And they all are successful in a million different ways and using a million different techniques. The only way they get there is just not stopping. And they get there in their own way. So maybe stubbornness is the only factor you need. I don't even think you need stubbornness. Though. Uh, I don't know if it's stubbornness because not every one of them is stubborn. Some of them... Maybe it's just like perseverance. Perseverance, yeah. But I don't think that's a trait as much as a habit. Because like, yeah. the number of people that I've yelled at and said, just don't fucking quit, and then they stick around. Mm. So it's not like that they were... Like they were on the verge of quitting. So they were by definition a quitter and someone just said, don't quit, and they said, okay. Like that's not stubbornness. That's not perseverance. They were ready to fucking quit. They just didn't because someone told them not to. If I hadn't have said that, they probably would have quit. Yeah, I guess it's, it's not a trait. It's almost like the like hopelessness can't outweigh the yeah. Because we all have hopelessness, and we think I'm never mm. going to reach my goal. It's mm-hmm. hopeless. But the alternative is worse. So maybe there's something in your mind that says, if I do quit, that's worse. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, we've had that discussion a million times that like. The thought of just like giving up on your goals and just like quitting. Mm. It's just like, it's not possible. Like you'd have to severely self-medicate to be able to. Yeah. It's very hard to quit your goal, especially when you're a certain way through it or mm. you've at least like started. It's very hard to quit and be okay with that. Like mm. I think it eats away at a lot of guys, which is why you start or a lot of people, which is why you would then go and gain weight or you'd watch a bunch of Netflix to cope or you'd play video games or you drink or like start mm. eating. Like, yeah. A lot of guys go away and then come back. That's the other thing. Uh, the end of this question is, mm-hmm. did anyone try to talk you out of your goal? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like everyone, right? <laughs> Except me, with the exception of me and I guess a few people on my forums and on the Good Looking Loser forums who all encouraged you. Like they said nice things to you. Mm, like I think the most obvious one would be my family, like my dad's side of the family specifically. Yeah. Your mum's very supportive. Yeah, no, You give full so. credit to your mum. We're currently recording this from your mother's property. We're sitting in your mother's backyard. Yes. She has like a fucking farm almost. Because <laughs> we need it's to like flee the city. We should take a, a picture. Yeah, we'll talk about that next podcast about like <laughs> Corona and COVID and like fleeing Melbourne and like, mm. we'll t- yeah, we'll, maybe we'll do an episode about that craziness in Melbourne. Mm. We should take a picture out here because it's so pretty mm. and put this in the podcast. We should actually. Mm-hmm. Do I have my phone? You keep talking, and I'm going to take a photo. Mm, keep talking. Keep talking about. What did anyone try and talk? You oh, out did of anyone it? try and talk me out of it? I think. I mean, my family was the most obvious one, but I think even in little ways, particularly when I was going through, I guess I'd call it my first wave of weight loss. Almost everyone was either worried or somewhat critical. Um, including my dad's heart, even, and I guess for a lot of people it came out of a place of worry, like even friends and family, they're like, oh, you don't need to be losing weight. Like, is that really healthy for you? I mean, like, with the yeah. context of like, I have, have had 
an eating disorder. So yes, weight loss can make that a bit trickier. Um, so there was a lot of people worrying, a lot of people that when I was like, oh, I'm just, you know, I'm not eating X, Y, Z, or, you know, I'd rather not have that piece of cake. They're like, oh, just have, like, I, it's typical sort of stuff. And I think everyone that works on things kind of expects that. I think similarly with... Especially with weight loss. Weight loss seems to be a tricky one. So does getting laid, but weight loss, like, people have weird... Everyone like crab bucket me. mentality almost, but mm. I don't think they know that they're doing it like that. They want to pull you down and stop you from losing weight because then it makes them feel a little uncomfortable because mm. they're not losing weight and they're kind of chubby and mm. not happy with themselves. Yeah. I think I even found from like, and I, I had friends that were, you know, far leaner than I was. Yeah. Or, um, and they would, I think they would say it out of a place of like, oh, but you know, you look great. Like just out of like. Girls are horrible at giving like <laughs> self-improvement advice to each other because it's usually like self-unimprovement. Like, no, you're beautiful how you are. Yeah. Don't change for anyone else. And you're like, but I want to change. And they're like, no, you shouldn't want to. Like, yeah. And you're like, fuck <laughs> you for telling me what goals I'm allowed to have. Yeah, yeah. It's like a weird. I get it comes. I think it comes from. A, I know like a lot of the red pill and those kind of people will say like. It's because girls have to, like, drag each other down, and I think that's a very naive view of it. I think it's coming from a good place. It's just very... It's a very feminine energy, like, accepting and loving and supportive and... Yeah, they want you to feel nice, because I think yes. the act of improvement acknowledges that there's something wrong to yes, begin with. Yes, yes. And that doesn't feel good. Yes, yes. Mm. So I think guys in particular struggle to hear that, like, like... They look at girls doing that and they just think, oh, she's self-sabotaging because she's a bitch. They're not understanding, like, the feminine energy. Mm. Yeah. And that it's coming from a good place. Because as guys, we don't need that. You would just be sabotaging someone if you said, no, you're great how you are, bro. It's like, why are you trying to sabotage me? Mm. You should be telling me that I look disgusting. Like, you're supposed to be telling me that I'm a piece of shit. You're supposed to be calling me out so that I can fix myself. Like, I want you to be blunt and honest. Mm. Whereas girls, there's always a bit of hesitation to be that blunt because you'll make her cry or... Yeah, you're a bitch. Um, yeah, you're a bitch. Yeah, yeah. Calling her fat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We should start wrapping this up because it's getting cold and I'm pretty sure that means it's about to piss down with rain. It's like completely dark out here. Yeah, it is. Like all the clouds. It's so cold. badly going to rain in two seconds. <laughs> um, so answer this question in like seriously 30 seconds. 30 seconds, okay. If you could go back five years and tell your past self, five years, you were fucking like six years old, right? <laughs> <laughs> Full disclosure that 15. she's not... She's 20, so don't send the fucking police after me, okay? <laughs> Fuck you. Um, yeah, if, so let's say if you could go back two years. Mm. Let's say if you could go back just before you met me. Mm. Um, so that's like two years. And tell your past self two pieces of advice, what would they be? You can just pick one piece of advice if you want because we've got to rush. One, oh, one, one piece? Two yeah, pieces? Whatever. I mean, I think the main one would be pursue what makes you happy. Don't do stuff yes. because other people are telling you it's what you should be doing. That applies to weight loss, uni, you know, yep. pursuing art specifically. Like I, I would have loved to start doing more art earlier so I could work on that, like building that into a career yep. or a business. Yep. Basically just like do more of what makes you happy. Don't yeah. try. Stop trying to please other people. Yeah. Stop I, giving a fuck what other people think. I think that, yeah, honestly, would have just been the catalyst for me starting my self-improvement journey a little bit earlier. Yeah, yeah. I think that would have been it. Yeah. Mm. No second piece of advice? Oh, right. you're just too perfect. You only needed one one little <laughs> nugget of advice would have fixed you. I mean, actually following that advice is something very different. Um, that's all that comes to mind at this point in time. Maybe... Making yourself throw up is bad. Yeah, that's you shouldn't do that. Mm. And yeah. if that was coming from a future me, then maybe I'd believe it more at the time. It wouldn't yeah. take so long to get over it. Yeah. What piece of advice would I give my past self from like five years ago? So that's pretty much when I started my self-improvement. Mm. What piece of advice would I give? I don't know. I don't think I needed to hear anything. Like, I think... Mm. And maybe you'll probably get to the same point in a couple of years. I think everything that happened is going to sound so cheesy. Happened for a reason. <laughs> like, like honestly, honest to God, like I don't think I would change anything over the last five years. Because even the bits where I wasted time, like I had that, I had a five month period where I basically stopped working on any of my goals. Um, I was still working on some stuff, but like, I, I basically was depressed for five months. I don't even regret that because that needed to happen because then I went like massively in the opposite direction after that. I was like, okay, I got to make up for lost time. Mm. 
Um, I don't think there's anything that I would tell my past self. I guess I'd just say, you're going to be okay. Like, you're going to do all right. But I don't think I even needed to hear that. Maybe I, that would have been a nice thing to hear. There you go. That would have been a nice thing to hear five years ago, mm-hmm. for sure, because I wasn't sure. Or you're going to make it. That would have been what I would have wanted to hear. Yeah, mm-hmm. that absolutely would have been. Mm-hmm. So you're going to make it. That's all I would have needed to hear. So anyone listening to this, you're going to make it. <laughs> if you don't fucking quit. If you quit, then fuck you. <laughs> you're not going to make it. <laughs> you're going to live a shitty life. Yeah, that's pretty much it. We should wrap it up. Mm-hmm. 50 minutes. That's, that's pretty good. We were going for an hour. Didn't actually feel that long. No, I didn't. It's very easy to talk. I told you, this is a million times easier than me writing a fucking article. Mm. You just get to talk for an hour. Mm. And I like talking. I'm very good at talking. Yeah. I, like I don't it. like to stop talking. <laughs> I like listening to you talk. Oh, isn't that nice? So if anyone listening, if you guys have any questions for Miss Imogen mm-hmm. or Mrs. Andy... Mrs. Andy. Yeah. Who would you marry? Did you just assume my fucking gender? <laughs> you slut. Is Mrs. Not I can a be a Mrs. If I want to be a Mrs., I can but, be a Mrs. But also not being female. You're part of the patriarchy. Am I now? Yeah, you're part of the problem. <laughs> Black lives matter. Yeah. And Corona is real. Coronavirus is real. Everyone should be scared <laughs> of coronavirus. I want you guys all to lock yourselves inside the house and mm. wear gloves. Goggles? No. Goggles, wear fucking goggles so it doesn't get in your eyeballs. <laughs> Walk around with a flamethrower setting everything on fire because that kills the virus as well. Yeah, have sex between a wall. Don't have sex. You can have a wall in between. Stop you. getting laid. Don't listen to podcasts either because I could have corona and you could get it. Yeah. Yeah, so if anyone has any questions for Mrs. Imogen or Mr. Andy, that's me and that's her. Mm-hmm. Or us together, mm-hmm. let us know <laughs> and we'll answer them on a future podcast. Or we just won't, and you can go fuck yourself. That's not very nice. Wait, you're saying I can't insult my audience? You can do whatever you like, my darling. Yeah, fuck this audience. (laughs) I love you guys very much. And there's a car going past, so we're going to wait for that to go past. Bye-bye. I love you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye, car. Hugs and kisses. Don't ever come back. Yeah, love you guys very much. Thanks for listening. Mm Mm-hmm. Thank you, Imogen, for being here, my first guest. <laughs> Very welcome. Yeah. Now let's go fucking inside where it's warm. Mm-hmm. we got to do an outro as well. Once. We swore on the intro. We said the word, the uh, N-word. We, that we, you we, we, both, we both together said the nigger word that you can't say. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure like that will get me stabbed in America, but it's fine in Australia. You can just say that word. Yes. You can say faggot as well. I mean... Is this going to even go up on, like, Spotify and stuff? I bet you that won't. Like, like, yeah, like, like censor it or yeah, something like probably. that. Yeah, let's just, that can be the outro. Mm-hmm. Hugs and kisses. Love to you. Okay, let's both kiss the microphone at the same time. Come on. Why is it just me doing it? you got to do it too. Go. That's the exit. <laughs> He's so going to rain, like, right now.